Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host as always, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, food brings people together and promotes community. And here at Principle of Hospitality, we are here to disrupt the current perceptions of what the hospitality industry can achieve in today's ever-evolving and challenging environment. So that's why we're so proud to partner with Chef's Hat, the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia on this season of Poe. In its conceptual days, designer Molly Kent founded Day 7, living in Osaka, Japan, where elements of of the designs of the first collection blossomed from an array of on-job observations and cultural influences. After 10 years' experience working both front of house and back of house in various hospitality venues, roles and countries, she felt a strong need for a higher concentration on staff and how workplace wellbeing, respect and enjoyment of their job can be absolutely be the major factor of success of any business. Welcome, Molly, to the show. How are you doing? Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, um, I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you for asking. Um Look, it's great to have you on. Um, in that in that blurb, if if people don't know about you know day seven, it's a fantastic um, uniform supplier. I have been uh, in awe of what you've been producing uh, the last couple of months, um, as I've sort of found out about you. So I'm really excited about this podcast today because what what I know will come out for the listeners is is a story about how you're building a brand for for all the right reasons, and it is an amazing uniform brand. So. Let's let's talk about how you started out, you know, sort of working in the industry and then how you came up with this idea, Molly. Yeah, well, the whole idea was definitely from me working front of house, back of house. That's where I definitely had my on-job observations, as I said <laughs> in the blurb. Um, yeah, I started off working quite young in hospitality. I was thrown in um, when I was about 12. I was desperate for oh, a wow. job. I was, <laughs> And I was like with my auntie and then I just kind of got passed around in like the small town to be like, you should join the cafe. Like, they'll love you there. Um, and when I joined the cafe, they threw me in the back and I learned to cook from some amazing chefs there. I loved working there it was a team full of women and all different ages and different walks of life and you know we have like a wine connoisseur down one end and like someone who's amazing at cake making down the other and then my old prep teacher (laughs) like it was just and my mom at one stage like it was it was really cute but um yeah that's kind of where I had my first kind of foundations of hospitality and we worked crazy hours and I was still in high school. And so I just had a really, um, like did learn a really good work ethic there and started wearing all black and really disgusting clothes there. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to the girls there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was, we were always like churning through clothes there. And it was just like, you know, when you work out the back, you always, we didn't have a chef's outfit or anything. So you know, I was 14. Why would I have a chef's outfit? Um, and yeah, that, that just kind of from there, I was like, Oh, these are so gross. Like, you know, I'm throwing out all these clothes so much and buying new ones. And at the time, obviously wasn't earning that much money. So it wasn't paying big bucks for, you know, some 
really awesome quality gear. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of where it stemmed from. And then, you know, growing up, I moved around and um, like internationally and throughout Australia and just worked a lot in hospitality, then started working in front of house and worked bars and restaurants and hosting and really different areas in the hospitality industry and that's where I just started kind of noting everything that my um like teammates would be mentioning about uniforms and just there was so many irritations and so many um obstacles for my bosses when I was I'm kind of always the one to be like uh hey, we need to do something about this problem that we've got. (laughs) Like, you know, the boys can do this and the tradies have that, the chefs have this. Hey, you haven't thought about us. Like, you know, you're getting uniforms over and over again every three months and we're changing uniforms just because they're not quality or they're not um, durable enough to kind of work through all those shifts that we do like you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you work in hospitality you know you're going to have a double shift so yep. it's got to be either you know change into a new uniform or you've just got to keep that same uniform if you stayed at the venue the whole time and you've got to be fresh like you don't want to be answering the door with someone <laughs> and you're smelling like this morning's mushrooms on toast <laughs> so um it's yeah it was it we came from a lot of the issues that I, I noted there. And then I realized when I was working in Japan in hospitality in the Maldives, like it was all very common, the problems everywhere in hospitality. Like it wasn't just in my, my places in Australia. It was like, okay, well, this is a, a worldwide thing that just hasn't changed. And it's really traditional ways of dressing for front of house and, and, you know, the fashion has come a long way and the interiors have come a long way. And I, I just, it was time that I was like, well, no one else, I can't find anything else that will, um, that will break this chain of events. So I was like, okay, I think I'm going to have to be the one to, to step up and make something for my people. (laughs) (laughs) How did, how did, um, when I think of Japan, I think of design, I think of minimalism and all those kind of things. Like, was it, was it those things that came into your mindset when you were living in Japan to think about this as a design business? Like how did living in Japan help you develop this concept? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like largely helped me. I was so amazed when I got to Japan, it, it just has a totally different feel. Everything is so curated there. Everyone Mm. is so curated. Even if they don't think they are, they totally are. And it's beautiful. Everything's stunning. Everything has this subtle beauty about it. And that comes across on the quality of garments there as well. And the quality of design, it's all really high quality, even though you, you still get your fast fashion and whatnot, but for some reason it just seems like it's a bit more higher quality than the rest of, especially in Australia. It just was astounding. It, um, so I really wanted to bring part of that quality. And Japan are known as for people that are innovative and really taking forth on those fronts. Um, so I really wanted to, yeah, educate myself a lot from them and see what they take in their design aesthetics and what their kind of standards are and really implement that into day seven as well when I had the idea. So 
And that was one side of things, like the really high quality. And then the other was um, their their functionalities of their garments. Like on the outside, they would seem really minimalistic and just really clean and um, pared back. But then when you kind of look on the inside of things, it's like, wow, this is really working for you. It's got a pocket in there, a fit, you know, your phone here and your iPad there and your notebook there and your pencil in the back. Like it was just so like random, but it all worked. And, you know, people that were um, pulling out like aprons from like their pants just to be like, okay, now I'm cooking. So now I've got this um, random little like pull out apron. And I was just like, Whoa, what? This is awesome. (laughs) So I, I did a lot of observing very much sitting on the train and kind of not following people as such, but definitely just like sitting on a park bench and watching the world go by and being like, wow, what are they doing? Or sitting in a cafe and seeing what they're doing and very like the different, um, like people, types of people as well like you've got your baristas and japan are just crazy for barista life as well so it's amazing it's um yeah so i took a lot of those design aspects and really try to incorporate that into day seven and and really keep that as our our set values as well like high quality standards in in the make and in the design and always functional as well because that's what i wanted i didn't just want clothes that were made for me for the weekend i i want something that's made for me for work so Mm -hmm. yeah try to incorporate that how did it how did it go from like conceptual idea to you then deciding that it would be a business like was was there a moment that sort of made you go okay well i think i can actually make this a proper business now or or was there a person who sort of pushed you forward or something like that i'm always interested in how people start their business. Yeah. Like oh, this. totally. Um, well, at, at the time I had no money, absolutely no money. I was eating bananas for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I just come off, like I was living in Japan, um, working, working holidays around the world. Like I just come from the Maldives and I just ran out of money and I was in Japan and I couldn't really book a flight home. So <laughs> I was there, I was stuck there. And I always have like some random project or something that's going on to keep me busy. Like people are always like, Oh, you're I was into so many random things. Like what have you, what's your hobby now? <laughs> so I guess to like to say that starting a business was my new hobby and I was just researching everything to do about fashion design and like when I was younger I used to sketch up um, designs and get them made up and make my friends formal dresses and make myself Mm. dresses and things like that and have a local dressmaker make them up and so I kind of had this little inkling of fashion design interest in the back of my head and then obviously I was so I love working hospitality like even my mom, she's like, I can't believe you're in business now. You should still be working hospitality. It's so you. And I'm like, mom, I am, but just on another, on another, another project. type of, mm. yeah, on another project. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, the way it sort of became a business was honestly, there, it was like a trigger for, from one of my bosses, a conversation that we had. And he had said to me, I remember we were in the back 
back office and I was talking to him. I was like, my clothes will have holes in them and so does hers and so does his. And what are we going to do? Like, we've got a really busy season coming up. Um, he was sort of like, okay, I'm handballing it to you. If you can find a better outfit or better uniforms, just let me know and I'll pay for it. And I was like, all right, great on a project. And this was years before I went to Japan Mm -hmm. and I could not find anything better. I was really, um, obviously I was trying to curate something to the the business that I worked in Mm -hmm. and it just didn't, it just, I was like, wow, okay, you're right. There really isn't anything that will suit us. And, um, especially it just wasn't providing for us, especially with like minimum orders or season to season, it all changed and we couldn't order again. So I had this in the back of my mind the whole time while I was traveling. And it was, Mm -hmm. I guess just, I was free and free to think of all my thoughts while I was traveling. And then when I got to Japan, it was when I was like, wow, I can incorporate all these amazing design aspects and quality aspects and really learn from um, the designers there that create just such beautiful things um, that last a lifetime. And they really take that character through the lifetime journey Mm. of a garment. And I, um, yeah, so that's when I started thinking, I was like, oh, I could, I could do this, but you know, I'm eating bananas for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't know how I'll do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was, that was a challenge to get through. But, um, my friend who was there with me, um, they bought me, uh, they went to Tokyo hands and brought me some pencils and a notepad to sketch on. So it started wow. all from this tiny little sketchbook, which I still have. And I still draw some ideas and things like that in there. And, and from there, I came back to Australia and um, did a little Kickstarter. And then, yeah, was kind of off from there. I was like, I'm, I'm in this deep now. And this is my project. This is my hobby for a while. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm determined to change the uniform um, perspective and mindset on for business owners and be like, hey, there's something else available as well if you... If you know, if you're into something new and fresh and something that will last a while and, you know, a good investment for you. <laughs> Molly, like how did you how did you feel when you got, you know, your first actual buyer, like your first actual order came through? Like how did that feel? If you want to discuss who they were, that'd be awesome. Man. <laughs> like, but how did it sort of how did it sort of feel getting that first order come through? Yeah. Well, oh my God. I, um at first it was like, um, okay, someone actually needs this. This is great. Um, I wasn't kidding myself the whole time. (laughs) So that was a good thing. And because I'd been out of the hospitality industry for for a while and I was more in that fashion designing business phase and I was like, oh gosh, I'm so out of touch with the hospitality industry now. Mm. Um, So to be, um, I guess, welcomed back with like open arms is what it felt like. It was like, hey, we've been, we've been, wanting something like this Mm. and we really want something to uh, like elevate that um what we're doing and what we're spending with all the interior design and the architects and everything so it was really it was a really great feeling to (laughs) be like hey this is actually I, I did good for someone and even if it was my ex boss or someone I or my teammates that I used to work with and Mm. um 
like I was like, okay, I'm doing something good for someone. And it's really amazing to see like people, um, like the, the first time I was in contact with my, one of my clients, they're like, oh, I love seeing that you've got such a diverse, um, like range of sizes in, in your advertising and everything. It makes me feel so good. It makes me feel like I would feel really comfortable in these good clothes. And that was a man talking about what a woman was wearing as well. And I was just like, Oh, that is so good. I'm so glad that I'm putting actual people that are working hospitality in there as well. And, um, yeah, changing that kind of look. It's not just from a model's um, body, (laughs) you know, we're working. (laughs) Yeah. We we want to share that as well. So it was a it was amazing. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's something I really noticed as well, um, and really appreciated. But I didn't, I didn't realize probably till I saw um, the video you released um, uh, when we released this podcast. It'd be a couple of weeks ago now. Um, mm. um, the diversity in the people that you had. Yeah. So I think that was really, that was just really impressive. You know that you're thinking about those kind of things, and I think that stands for the kind of business that you are making, um, which is obviously fantastic. I, I did want to ask, like, I know in the early stages of any business, like there's always going to be, you know, surprising feedback from customers, right, when they use the product or service. Like what kind of what kind of bit of surprising feedback did you get about the uniforms after they were sort of in, released and in a couple of different venues? Yeah, I um, it was really funny because I guess I've been a bit tunnel visioned with what I was doing for a while. Um and kind of just blaséed everything that I was doing until they were in someone else's hands, and then um, their reaction to it when they put it on, and that oh my gosh, this is for this. Oh my gosh, this fits perfectly in here. And thinking about oh, their their pen pockets or their sleeves that I have that instead of um, rolling them up and clipping them and buttoning mm. them up, it's like hey, just a quick pull and it'll stay up like with a little cotton stretch um so that was like it's it's really nice to see the little functions that i've put in place design wise are actually being seen by people um that are wearing it Mm. and being like oh my god this is so handy to have this so yeah it was it's really awesome even um like some of the the pockets like people were just going crazy for it like i have so many different pockets like some are concealed some you can see some are huge some are little and i don't know people are just loving that as well and the different little panels that i have for say for example like only hospitality people would really know that you do this as well but you know you go from one table to the other and you're picking up random stuff that may have fallen off the table or mm. or picking up stuff that's on the table that's just like a dirty and um you're needing to put it somewhere while you go serve someone else that mm. you're trying to look clean and classy mm. <laughs> at the same time so like taking notes on that when i was designing and being like okay well maybe if we put like a little panel underneath um, the shirt that nobody can see, but only the worker knows that it's there and you can just do a little quick white with your hands mm. and, um, and keep going. And that way you're like, Hey, okay. I'm feeling nice and fresh for this customer now. And, mm. um, yeah. And kind of just like, uh, yeah, you're, you're constantly trying to like, you're, you're like a duck underwater when you're working. So I guess like we were trying to, um, 
suit those design aspects for this kind of work as well. It's like clean on top, but really we're a mess underneath. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was really nice to be like, oh, what's this for? And I'm like, oh, you know, when you're working, you know, you need a little secret little wipe spot. And that was like one thing that everyone's like, oh my God, that's awesome. Mm. <laughs> Instead of wiping your hands on your apron or something. Cause I really think that you don't always need an apron what you're wearing underneath is just enough and it can really um, do all, everything that an apron does for you. So, yeah. That's interesting. Let, let's stick on that. That's a really <laughs> interesting point. How did you get to that hypothesis about maybe not needing an apron, you know, in the range? Um, because that is completely different than what <laughs> most people listening to this podcast who have worked in hospitality know and think, right? So how did you yeah. make that? How did you come to that? you know, assumption and, and make that decision? Yeah, well, I like think of an apron as you put on a, this extra thing. So you've dressed yourself for the day of work and you probably, say if you're wearing casuals or you're not, like you're still, you've still got that underneath uniform that you've allocated for working. Mm. And I just think, why are we adding an extra layer if that should suffice for the job at hand because you <laughs> everything that an apron does the undergarments can do just as good and so i i was really like why are we adding this extra layer of drag to our day <laughs> that really is just so unnecessary when it could be um like cleverly made that you don't need an apron and everything that an apron can do your undergarments, not speaking underwear, but your yes. undergarments from an apron can do just as good. So mm. I, I was really like, let's pair that back. And I, in my head, when I'm designing, I think of a, um, let's deconstruct the apron and then reconstruct it within just one layer of uniform. So that's kind of how I look at the apron a little yeah. bit. I think Molly, like, do you find that owners like are thinking about their uniforms as more an investment now than sort of ever before because you know obviously with my career in the hospitality industry like i can think about the amount of polo tops the amount of t-shirts mm. the amount of pants that i've sort of worn that have lasted you know sort of three months less than three months because you're working sort of 40 to 80 hours a week depending on how much <laughs> you're working in hospitality venues but um i mean what you're producing i feel like is an investment for people's career in the industry and I feel where a lot of other things are going in the industry as well like is that do you find that owner's mentality is now changing yeah and absolutely wanting to encourage that mentality change as well because I, I think it's a really beautiful way forward we're all thinking about that customer journey we're all thinking of how are we going to retain our staff like we where we've got quality staff now but how do we keep them and that's something that I think about when, you know, I think of day seven is instead of just constantly buying all these uniforms and whatnot, we can really start to invest in one sole uniform that you can have on demand at, at all times, just like picking up the phone and being like, hey, we've just onboarded two more staff. Let's um, get some uniforms for them and get them made up and ready. So that's why I think of like day seven as a bit more of a workwear atelier to 
be like, hey, we're just on call. We're, we're here for you when when you need a uniform. And we're making like that quality. So the investment is you, you think about how many times you'll buy a uniform or an apron over and over again for however many stuff you churn through. And then you add that all up, those costs over years. And it's, and it's wildly a lot. And you think, well, if I had to start at the start, something that will last longer and will see the test of time and be more on brand rather than changing season to season. And it's really that recognizable experience that you're creating with everything else that you're putting money into. Like you, you're putting money into your cutlery, your, your plates and your glassware and um, your artwork on the walls. You're putting money into everything like this and, and your furniture, everything. So I see that the uniform is also something that's walking around those walls as well as part of your business. So why not invest in it just as you did with the furnishings as well? So, and to make it last, like you're not going to buy furniture as someone who's owner operator and you're not going to be making, um, buying furniture that doesn't last. So mm-hmm. you're, you're thinking about the future of the business and that's kind of where I sit with the uniforms, um, with day seven is we want you to think about the future of it and the durability of it and the lifelong wear of it. And that's why we also offer the tailoring and, um, the repairs service as well. So the tailoring, you, you, you can say like, for me, I've got long legs and I can never get pants to fit me correctly, but maybe, um, you know, my colleague might, um, wear the pants and it may fit her perfectly. But for me, I'm like, Oh, I just, to, to feel a little comfortable and to make me want to like feel just more confident in working here. I could get them tailored to me. So it's more individualizing those uniforms as well and having that option to do that mm. and having the service do that because you, there's not, there's not really the service out there to do it at the moment that will work really closely with you. Um, yeah. And then obviously like the repair service where, as as time goes by if um then say a button pops off or it just wears away we can reinforce that and really make it you know bring it back to life and be able to wear that throughout another journey of (laughs) a lifetime wear and I mean that's all it's a very our way of thinking of sustainability as well for like a future world as well so that's it's a really important aspect of day seven. We we don't want to be over manufacturing and overproducing because we don't need to. There's no need to have all these uniforms mass manufactured and sitting out there and waiting for people to buy. Why don't you just make what is needed and make something that people want and make it to their specifications? That way they'll love it a little longer as well and really know it's for them and um yeah, so I see that as like the investment that people are buying into as well with day seven because yeah, it'll see it'll see you through the lifetime and it will really encourage that whole customer journey, that really holistic. You walk into the room and okay, like you the uniforms that you see on the on the staff, they're they're part of the woodwork, they're part of what makes it amazing there. So yeah, that's I think it's important. Yeah, I agree. I was I was gonna ask you like is it is it is it a challenge to keep those kind of ideals 
in a market, the fashion industry more broadly, not, you know, obviously uniforms come into that because it's a part of fashion, which has never been so fast and things have never mm-hmm. changed so much and fashion <laughs> has never been so, so cheap. You know, is it hard to be on the other end of that and say, hey, no, I stand for sustainability, I stand for quality, I stand for purpose, like consciousness in people buying a product like this? Is it is it hard to keep those ideals in such a explosive yes. environment? <laughs> <laughs> Incredibly challenging because, yeah. as you said, it comes in so many different avenues for what we're doing. So mm. you've got the fashion side of things, but then you're also challenging that hospitality old school mentality where it's like, I don't need that. I don't, that's my business is fine, but you know, and then they go under. So it's, it is a massive challenge to kind of change the perspectives of, of even, I think I asked one day and maybe this is just how I challenge people. Like my dad knows all about it as well. Um, he like, I asked someone, why do you buy aprons? what is your purpose for them? And um, he said, oh, because the guy down the road has them. And I, wow. <laughs> and it baffled me. I was like, is that the only reason why? Mm. But so I think they were just kind of keeping up with the, with, with what was happening around them and being like, okay, well, that's a trend that people are doing because, you know, the, uh, that maybe aprons have been the only trend in uniforms in recent times mm-hmm. otherwise it's just been that white shirt and those black slacks mm-hmm. which we all hate <laughs> um, um yeah so it, it's a huge challenge to to kind of change that mindset but i'm also not really looking to change it dramatically because people can do what they want but i just want to be that option for people if they are looking to elevate that change or kind of just come to that whole customer journey experience that people are going to get out for and there are a lot of amazing people that are on that trajectory that they're thinking like this where they're thinking of uh, like vegan food and Mm. the technology and things like that they're thinking okay well what's this industry going to be like in the future and how are we going to shape it Mm -hmm. so i just wanted to i just wanted to be with day seven a shape a little help with the shape of that Mm. um and I think one day people will be more like even with the composting in businesses at the moment is amazing to see and redirecting all that to different um, projects is, is a really positive thing. So maybe uniforms will be in that front of mind when, um, yeah, but with no pressure, but also <laughs> it's yes. like yeah. we, we want people to start thinking about it. I think it's really important to start thinking, why are we buying all this aprons all the time or not not as aprons just uniforms why are we buying in bulk all the time why do we have to buy in bulk Mm. you don't have to it's just Mm. because it's the only thing available so just providing these things that aren't already provided is what i'm trying to do is the challenge to kind of get people on board that as well so because there is it's hard to change people's minds, but maybe you can influence them. <laughs> We're trying every day, every podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, I, th- I think naturally, like obviously sustainability has gone through food and through beverage the last, you know, five to ten years in a really dynamic way. 
And I think the next the next two things which are going to change is is things like uniforms and then and then fit outs of venues, right? So mm-hmm. sustainability and fit outs of venues is the next really big thing um, as well. Yeah. But I think like thinking how you're talking about the brand and the tailoring and, and all those kind of things, I think it's just a way of showing as a business owner that you really care about your team. Like if if so if I'm a if I'm a GM of a venue or even if I'm 20 hours a week at a at a really great fast casual mm. restaurant and all of a sudden I'm getting this uniform um, from day seven and then I get it tailored to suit me because my boss yeah. cares the fact that I feel good in what I'm actually wearing every day, that then means that I'm going to probably stay longer in that business and enjoy that brand a lot more and I'm going to deliver on a really good customer experience because I feel more comfortable in my absolutely. clothes. Like it's all full circle, right? Like it all makes sense. Yes, yeah, absolutely, mm. absolutely. And I mean, that's one client that we're working with at the moment. They were they're they're really progressive in everything that they're doing in their business, and I love that. And it and also for taking on board day seven, they had apprehensions, but also they were really keen because they're like, wait on, they're filling these gaps that we've been trying to fill for a while. Yeah, and you know, they're like, oh, we don't want uniforms. And I'm like, I know you don't, neither do I. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I want workwear for your staff that is actually made for your staff and for the industry because that's what's missing. Mm-hmm. There's no front of house industry workwear. Mm-hmm. And to like individualize each character because not everyone, you're not robots in hospitality. You each live leave the bar or leave the hotel at the end yep. of the day and you go for a drink and you're a completely different, like you're, you're your own character. So yes. I really want to encourage that um, staff can actually nurture that characteristic and those individualistic traits in people. It's a good thing. It's a good thing and it should be um, celebrated. So I, I really want to do that with the garment. So with like, even with this client I'm working with, they, they're like, oh, well, this person might like this and this person might like that. So mm. how about we do like a bit of a collection of this, but yet it's a cohesive look that we can collaborate with and um, look at all the design aspects and really create a collection for them, which they can then keep and have exclusively for themselves. And now that's become their brand look. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it just makes sense. Important. Um Final question to you is like, what are you, what are you looking forward to moving forward? Like obviously um, day seven has been around for a while now, but you're in, it's obvious you're in growth stage. So what are you looking forward to from your own perspective and also for the brand perspective, Molly? Yeah. Um, well, from brand perspective, very much looking forward to having a lot of, <laughs> um, in a way, seeing people reaction to the brand and really take on board what we're trying to do because I think people will see what we're trying to do and Mm -hmm. and from the perspective that all my staff are actually worked in hospitality so they all have this understanding and so for that to come through and actually be presented in in different venues will be amazing Mm -hmm. and to see that kind of just like take take hold and um especially in this COVID time, I think it's a really special kind of leap through hospitality. It's kind of, there's been a lot of change in it with like, there's been a lot of adaption happening. So I think day seven's kind of on the right, um, the right side of that in a way. We've 
I think we're going to be part of that adaption strategy for businesses to really take forth and elevate their businesses into that future and how they're going to survive and how they're going to thrive. So (laughs) it's, I think it is really, it's really beautiful. And yeah, so that definitely is for business personally on a personal level. I can't wait for, um, to start my little experiments with, uh, hemp production. So (laughs) I've been, um, experimenting with a bit of hemp and, um, yeah, I know it's like a very new fiber to Australian agriculture and whatnot, but, um, one day hope to, uh, have have a little production of that and cool. in-house production of that. So yeah, I like I in in my spare time I'm just kind of researching and doing a bit of hemp production research on that. Cool. <laughs> Becoming a farmer <laughs> as a new hobby. <laughs> no. Just a bit of, another side of, business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All part of the day seven um framework though. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Um Molly, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. What's what's the best way that people can find out more about Day 7 and get in contact with you? Yeah. Oh, well, we can head over to our website at www.day7.com.au and um, head over to our Instagram, Day7AU, and or follow us on LinkedIn as well. We're on there a lot as well. And yeah. Cool. Just um, chuck us an email. We're always excited to chat to anyone who's it like just thinking about maybe a custom design or is not sure what direction they want to go in, in uniform. So yeah, if you wanted to get in touch or just wanted to chat about things, <laughs> uh, we're always open to it. <laughs> awesome. As always linked up in the show notes of this podcast. So you can contact Molly and the team at day seven, Molly Kent. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Principle of Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed that one. I know I certainly did. Now, make sure that you please comment, share, and like this podcast with your friends in the industry. As always, we're making this content with the industry in mind, so we'd really appreciate you sharing it a lot. And as well, we can actually go in the show notes of this podcast and ask a question as well. So if you're listening to Spotify, you can do that right now. Thanks as well to our supporter, the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia, Chef's Hat, where the industry shops. And if you don't know us at Post, Sash, my co-founder from Principal Design, is one of the best design agencies in Australia. So if you're looking for anything around strategy, branding, digital design, wayfinding, and graphic design, then you can find him at principaldesign.com.au and myself at Open Pantry Consulting for anything to do with systems and processes to make your business run even more smoothly. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks to Chef's App for supporting us as always. And until next time, stay safe, everyone.